0: Okay, good night everyone. Welcome to the Youth Humanitarian Foundation first podcast episode of our End Violence Against Women campaign. I am Kayla Daniels, the president and founder of YHF and I'm joined tonight by the talented and intelligent Miss Priya Sam. And a little bit about Priya. Priya is an upper 6th student at Bishop and Trinity College East 6th Form. Uh, she hopes to be a human rights lawyer in the future. She is a merit scholar at the c examinations in English A and Caribbean history. She's also a member of EDUTT, which is an organization where they aim to provide quality education, incorporating the use of technology in a holistic learning environment. And she is an active member of the Jyoti Sona Dance Company. And she has been doing Indian dance for the past 10 years. So welcome, Priya. Thank you for joining me. She is also the committee chairperson of YHF and a great friend. Good
1: night, Kayla. Thank you so much
0: okay so first i'd like to start by offering my condolences and acknowledging the death of andrea barrett um who so um you know it, it's a hard topic for me to talk about i uh i was broken over her death because she lived not too far from me she lives literally a few roads away from me um um and my family is familiar with her, with her father being an electrician and whatnot. And this is saddening and heartbreaking news, of course. And she also took a taxi into my own community. So um, it hurts when it hits a little a little closer to home, literally. And um, today we hope to tackle a lot of the issues that Um, have now been resurfacing given Andrea's death. And of course, um, the Youth Humanitarian Foundation is committed towards spreading awareness about gender-based violence and um, collaborating with other NGOs um, where we would work towards combating the issue and alleviating the circumstances that they would have created. So first off, um, we wanted to give a trigger warning for our audience tonight. Um, We will be um, touching on sexual harassment, um, sexual violence, um, and other uncomfortable topics. So please be mindful of that. And I guess we can dive right into it. So first um, on our agenda, we're going to be talking about harassment, Priya. And I think a lot of people in Caribbean culture sees harassment as normal, as a part of everyday life. Because as a woman, you're walking down the street normal, just going about your day to day business and you're being triggered, you're being you're being tracked. You know, Um, have you ever experienced that and how does it make you feel? Yes, I
1: have experienced it. As a child growing up, I would like, when I was working with my mother or an older female family member of mine, like I would see men, cat them, but I didn't really understand it until I was a form one and it started happening to me. And sometimes it would be even if I was in my school uniform. Mm that made me so afraid. I was disgusted by it. But I had this fear as well because they were usually older men. Mm-hmm. They'll be smoking, they'll be drinking at the side of the street and how they present themselves is not really in a way that you would feel comfortable with. It's just truly really disgusting.
0: I definitely agree um just being in your school uniform you know um schools go out of their way to make sure that school uniforms do not accentuate body parts do not accentuate curves and that shows you the level to which this harassment um reaches because in the case of andrea i saw a post recently that talked about um you know the common defenses towards sexual harassment how, how women dress andrea was dressed for work you know you should take the proper taxi she took her h AH car um she was wasn't out she wasn't out late at all, six PM. She was just getting home from work. So all of these excuses and defenses that men make for themselves, we can now see that they don't apply and it was all stupidness in be- it was all stupidness to begin with. Exactly mm-hmm.
1: because look so are you going to tell me that people who rape children, child molesters, it will be because of the children's clothing mm-hmm. that they suddenly feel this urge. To do that, a child could never be because of the clothing. That's just a stupid excuse that men use all the time. oh you dress a certain way, so you tempt me. Your shoulders are showing. How oh, are my shoulders tempting you? Everybody has shoulders.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I go to the gym um four days a week, and I usually dress pretty modestly i would say long tides, long sleeve jersey and on most days i would say most days if not every day i um when i step out of the gym i am targeted by men because it's on a pretty main main street and um you see men stopping rolling down their windows cars full of men just stopping rolling down their windows as if i am to post to um, get into a car with them willingly, and an uh, incident that happened to me the other day was I crossed the road where there was more people, and a man he started to talk to me, asking me, "Excuse me, miss. Excuse me, miss. Excuse me, miss." And of course, I would try to ignore him the best of, to the best of my ability. But yes, but ignoring them to a certain extent is it safe? Because if you ignore them, you might face the same faith as as if you were to answer them and engage in conversation with them and so you really don't know who you can trust and that's another thing we have to talk about you know um answer men or ignore them does it lead to the same outcome what's your takes on that
1: well Kayla honestly if you answer them if you wouldn't be answering them like in a polite tone because I know For myself, if I go to answer one of these people, it wouldn't be polite, but I wouldn't necessarily like, say anything bad, just my tone would be very harsh because I am uncomfortable. (laughs) And I feel like you would be put in the same danger if you answer them or if you don't, because if you don't answer them, they get aggravated. And if you were to answer them, they would get aggravated by what you would want to say. So we really have no safe place here. And the sad part is that i have been helpful in my own home Hmm. because sometimes like if i go in my front yard or if i'm on the balcony in my house and men are walking in the street they were literally cut for me my own home wow Mm -hmm. i don't know how to feel about that because in my home i'm supposed to be safe comfortable you know this is supposed to be my zone but if you out of your way to make me feel like that. And it's not just men. Sometimes I've been catpulled by boys who are younger than me. So Mm. it's part of Caribbean culture to an extent, but how did this culture of catpulling come about? Because I don't remember reading about this in any history
0: definitely because it's all a matter of the primary socialization what men are exposed to as boys as babies what they witness what what they take part in and what they see their parents taking part in because like you said um you know you you get cackled in your own home by younger younger persons you, you know and that's scary because they are growing up with that mentality that this is okay to do
1: exactly
0: yeah and that that's scary yeah. to think mm-hmm.
1: so then something should be done about the way boys are socialized because even if it's down to little things where they keep telling boys well okay you're a boy you're not supposed to cry you're telling them you are not supposed to show emotion which is wrong because then they might show their emotions through abuse or through cat calling. probably that's the only way they know how to get the attention of a person through treating them like and
0: hmm mm-hmm. and uh, you mentioned the reason why I brought up the socialization point is because you also mentioned the aggression you know the aggression that men portray when you don't answer them or when you do answer them in a very harsh tone and so it all starts with us you know and not Necessar- People like to say, well, of course, yes, Caribbean culture includes matrifocal households. And so, yes, mothers do play a part in raising men and raising um, their children. But you also see the, the absence of the father playing a very prominent role in how they think women should be treated.
1: Yes, but to to your point, most of those matrifocal households, the kind of fathers... In those households, most of them are marginalized, like you said before. But mm-hmm. when they do come into contact with your children, these men are not exemplary citizens mm-hmm. probably engaging in teeth, in thieving, in drugs, they part of some gang, they probably have other families scattered all over with the same. Children in the same situation, but different, they have different companions, so it's not really a good role model. And then, when these children, especially the young boys, come in contact with these males and they start to idolize them, then the same thing went to appear. it's a cycle, it's just going to continue.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think one of the examples i could even think of that could be a solution would be the new generation i think we as youth we have a very pertinent part to play and i am friends you know we have male friends who are decent um human beings and uh, i think it all starts with this new generation what we are doing here raising awareness amplifying the voices of women who have been targeted and harassed this is going to help um, remind men and young boys growing up that hey this is even though you see your father doing this this is wrong you need to respect women you need to respect women you need to respect any woman if if it isn't your mother your sister we we need to stop playing that narrative that if i'm related to you i need to respect you and no other woman that's a big narrative that is played in the media you know oh my gosh if it was my mother if it was my sister no if it was any woman you need to respect them and that starts with the new generation and we need to start this is why what we're doing here is so important
1: and they also but you know what's so ironic about that situation too is that most of these women or these men who commit these crimes they have, they tend to be very religious in a sense. So and in religion they worship women whether in Christianity, in Islam or in Hinduism, you are some you idolize women. So how could you go and idolize one woman through religion but then you come and totally defile another one just because she not related to you so you don't know how she was an easy target mm-hmm. that's
0: so wrong yeah definitely and um i i want to bring up the point of safety weapons since we talked about the aggression of males being scared um you know when coming in confrontation with them what do you think about safety weapons and uh, should they be necessary because yes an extent they are necessary but should they be necessary it is it is taking stock of our safety the problem or should we focus more on um amplifying women voices women's voices and making sure that men know that they are the problem in this situation i feel like it's not
1: mm. because what my concern is is that okay women we are we finally are allowed to carry around maybe a bottle of pepper spray or any other defense weapon but as easily as we have access to it men could have access to it as well mm-hmm. and you brought a point about where we should focus on amplifying our voices that does something it will do something in the end but
0: how long will it
1: take to do something And even though we are talking, a lot of other groups are bringing awareness to women's violence and violence against women and all these horrible things being done mostly by men, and they are telling women, Well, okay, you know, you all are the problem in society. Most of the men. Are coming with this argument that not all men are like that, and we yes we know not all men are like that. We're not saying all men are like that, but when they come with that argument, they're kind of undermining the situation.
0: Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. When you bring up the point that not men are all not all men are like that in a situation where a woman is voicing her opinion about men that have been like that, you are you are very much undermining the situation, and the same thing. Um, happens for all social issues you know when it comes to racism or homophobia not all people are like that no but you need to focus on the people who are like that and the people that they have
1: hurt They could have access to it as well. Mm. But I feel like that would not get rid of the problem because, okay, we get weapons, but they could find something else, come back with the weapons, and then we will still be stuck in the same situation all over again. I think what needs to be done is everything needs to go through some kind of reform, needs to reform the socialization system. Mm-hmm. Like, teach boys to respect women. How hard is that? Because you can't tell me that Oh well, okay, um I saw her um I saw her shoulders or I saw her rib cage and I don't know, something just came over me and I couldn't stop myself. Even though she was screaming, even though she was begging me to stop, even though she kept telling me no, even though she was crying, like you can't justify that to me by saying well she tempted me. You must have some sort of control. You must have like some sort of something going through your mind to say, well, you know, you need to stop. You need to respect her. This this, this is done without consent. But society is so patriarchal that they will never blame the man. They will always blame the woman. Like, what you know, Inspector Alexander said. He said the woman needs to find another way. We need to learn to talk ourselves out of this situation. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. He is just... I...
1: Do a young sad woman needs to be more cautious how much more cautious do you want me to be i can't go outside by myself my why do i need to take a picture of the car's license plate and send it to everybody i know why do i need to call my parents all the time to tell them well mom i'm here mom i just wish. mom i'm leaving why do i need to do all these things to make this will a to you when you are supposed to be doing that thing?
0: how much more cautious do you want us to be mhm mhm i totally agree um Megan mentioned i was in a meeting this afternoon and Megan mentioned to something that Terrell Duncan said from IGDS like night she said that the only place to be safe is home at this point and that's the that's the reality of it there is there is no place that we could go without taking precautions and you mentioned the, the lack of um, proper socialization of boys and young men and i think that stems a lot from the education system because we need to we need to dissect the roots of the problem and the lack of a proper education system throughout the caribbean is what is i think is allowing a lot of boys and young men to go leeway um for example no sort of no sort of classes on etiquette on how you should treat females especially in co-ed schools i think that's super important and i think that principals and administrators they expect men or boys to know how to act based on their households but when they come to school they are in a different environment they're surrounded by different influences and therefore they need to be taught differently separately and properly for example what about safety classes what can what do you think what other suggestions do you think the ministry of education could implement because um i saw a, a teacher of mine my geography teacher she sent a video of how to escape or how to break a car window using the car seat and these are things that you don't learn in school and I feel like we focus so much on academics and we focus so much on getting the, the CSEC passes, the K passes and all that is good for uh, social mobility, upward social mobility and to get a job and get money and all these things to sustain life. But what about survival? Because this episode is all about living or surviving. And so, you know, do you agree with me when I say that we should have safety classes um, implemented in our curriculum and other measures to ensure that we know how to protect ourselves? Mm -hmm. because like you said
1: before schools mainly focus on academics i can't go and use my academics to get me out of a situation like that Mm -hmm. i would know what to do i would be so frightened and like you said before the the video with how to break a a car window with a a car seat Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah didn't even know that was possible i didn't even know you could do that but those are things that we need to know they need to teach us well okay well if somebody is holding you in a certain way like locking your arms in a certain way how to get out you need we need to learn these things and something else we should talk about is that yes these schools do play a part but i feel like a lot we have to like target the older generation in society because they're not really prone to change mm-hmm. i don't know if you realize where i'm going with this but like, yeah i feel like because of technology and the modernization of society that like, the younger generations would be more prone to change but Trinidad is an aging population so over two hundred and fifty thousand of our citizens are over 65 years of age and to be fair, they do have a great influence over society. Like, look at our um, look at our government. Most of them are in their fifties mm. or forties, so they might be able to relate to what we are talking to because that's just how they grew up. That's society they used to. So <laughs> all this that we are talking about now, they might understand it until some form of action is taken like all the protests that are being done all the strikes so how do you feel about that? Like with the generational like, gap? Mm. Do you think
0: that has a part to play? I definitely think so because um you're right. Our Prime Minister, he's not like seventy years old. And um, as you said, a lot of the government is middle aged and I've been talking to my parents about this, you know. Um, advocating for youth inclusion is hard in our aging population like what we have in Trinidad because yes, experience Um, to a certain degree, is necessary, but experiencing what is going to be, is relevant. Because they have the experience in terms of working in different offices, organizations, you know, they know their politics. But when it comes to real life and it comes to real life experiences, are they experienced in that field? What, is their experience relevant? So I definitely agree with you um, to that point. An example would be in Andrea's case. you know andrea boarded the taxi with an older woman and um you know many people believe that she was targeted you know there are many many messages going around and we'll get into that later but they believe that she was targeted because she's a younger person i remember having a conversation with my mother and the lady was an older co-worker and Andrea is just twenty-three years old, so you know she looks like the perfect target for human trafficking, and and she fit all of the criteria to commit these heinous crimes. So I do think that they need to include the youth. And yes, you can host youth parliaments and youth seminars and all of these things, but to actually put a young person in this parliament, I think it would it would benefit um society because we have a voice that can actually do something i remember um i don't know if you remember but for one of our world of work sessions in um batce we had a young politician and i hear nothing about him he wasn't taken seriously and i think that needs to be investigated that's
1: very true. Mm -hmm. another point that i wanted to add when you said that the only place that we are safe in is our home, we can't really say that, you know, because there are cases where family members have molested younger children, a molested woman, family friends have come into the home and molested children. So and most of them will go So really, where are we safe? Mm-hmm. Because if these things occur in our home,
0: Yeah definitely uh, and that all leads back to the socialization and also a lot of family members ignore the abuse that goes on in households for some reason i have never experienced that i cannot talk on it but um people in my family have and i don't know what it is what, when it comes to protecting a family member that i understand but it crosses the line when it violates somebody's personal rights and i Mm -hmm. Sorry,
1: but I think we could tie that back to the issue of Caribbean society being very patriarchal, Mm. and in the sense that most of the family members who would engage in that sort of practice would be of the traditional society, where like, you know, well, that's your husband, you you have to be completely submissive to him, you have to subject yourself to him, you know, you can't answer back to him, what he says is law, Mm. but then if you look at young the couples, the people who are now married women are taking their stance. They're saying, Well, you know, I am equal to you, you are equal to me. then you no know, well, somebody's higher than anybody in this household.
0: Yeah. And um I received a piece of information this afternoon that told me that the main suspect in Andrea's murder, his mother, is supposedly um employed in the Ministry of National Security under the TTPS, which is mind-boggling to me, baffling to me, because you, you get to see that protection again um, from from the family members. And if it is true, um, then we need to run background checks into a lot of people. That's very true. It's always the
1: same outfit. Oh well, my son that. Mm-hmm. Good, good boy. hmm Good boy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. he literally raped and murdered a girl how could you say that's a good boy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did you tell him to go on and say, well if we do that he will be a good boy because then you should be in jail as well because if that is a good boy behavior you can do it
0: yeah definitely and and that's where people choose family over humanity but i think humanity is an overarching element an overarching theme in our lives that we need to consider you know we need to consider that we are human beings and we are we are entitled to our own space and our own rights and that comes before family i i i believe in that exactly it's for
1: human rights for reasons mm-hmm.
0: family rights mm-hmm that that's that that's it that's the punchline. and just backtracking a little bit in back to the school area of it um you know there are a lot of taxi systems or you know taxi routes located near schools for example our school we could talk from personal experience and BTC. The, the shuttle system yes but i'm talking about like the cane farm junction taxi system and all these horror stories that we have heard while going to school in BAHSE and BATCE about girls, young girls, students like ourselves being preyed on by taxi drivers. And um, there are many initiatives going around. Um, I know of one initiative called Pink Cab. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's all female drivers. And I was blown away when I first heard about Pink Cab um, a few, I think about last year. And I think we need to implement this nationwide, um, especially for female students, because we've heard the stories. Some of us have lived through the lived through the events. And what do you think um, could be done about the taxi systems near the schools?
1: Well, I really like to think um, thing that you brought up. I didn't know about it until you told me, mm-hmm. but I think that's a really good thing because you know you feel safe with a woman as your driver and something i think school should do is the same way you could like have a specific shuttle system for your school the government could provide like specific taxi systems. i know it may be difficult at first but like do a background check on these men who are always in these junctions like have cars specifically to pick up school children like you know men that you could trust people you could trust who wouldn't do anything to harm these children Mm-hmm. There were cases where children they took a to school but they took a to come
0: in from school and they went There definitely needs to be an investigation into the public transport system I agree and um, according to the express um, the car that Andrea took um, it was a H car mm-hmm. with false plates. And that literally tells you the need for police inspections. That, that heightens it. Because, you know, you're doing all of the right things. You're checking all of the right boxes. I'm not out too late. All of these restrictions that society has put on me. And yet you are here with a person who has a car that is not registered under the taxi association that is driving and picking up people. Um, I understand everybody has to make a living. I really understand that. And that is why we have so much P car drivers. But at the end of the day, we are losing women day by day by day, they're going missing, they're being killed, they're being tortured. And it, 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 there comes a time where we need to say, this needs to stop and implement other programs, the government can implement other programs to ensure job creation and employability, other than taking the taxi service and taking the risk of that whole service against women's lives.
1: That's
0: very true. And um, we could go in a little bit to
1: Kayla, to add to what you were saying before, one of my friends sent me a post this morning on Instagram, and it is where a man created an Instagram page entitled Miss Barrett Justice. And in the page, he, the picture is a picture of Andrea Barrett. Mm-hmm. And in his bio he has good people shouldn't die like dogs in bushes. And, but. All the pictures that he's posting of her, some of them are captioned with vulgar words and vile words, and then he's messaging women asking them for sexual favours in exchange for money. He is commenting on the woman's post, saying a lot of disgusting things, calling them out, basically catcalling calling them on the internet. How do you feel about that?
0: um why is he not down from the internet as yet i think the cyber crimes unit i literally sometimes i do not know what is the purpose of some branches of the ttps if they don't do their job i think cyber security and just um monitoring social media is such a big thing because it's impacting on andrea's family because imagine if her father saw that you know unfortunately she lost her mother And imagine if her father saw These things that he was posting And using his daughter's pictures For I I really could Never imagine the pain Of that Of just experiencing that And there needs to You know sexual predators Are on the internet The most I think Um, Yes they are lurking in shadows And in the streets But the internet It is such a dangerous place for women. And I think that needs to be focused on a a bit more seriously. Yes, there is the physical um, aspect of it, It, uh, you know, the physical risk. But um, looking into pages, looking at predators, um, doing background checks, tracking IP addresses, all of these could be tactics that um, the cyber crimes unit could use um, to ensure that the internet is a safe place for women.
1: I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I have another question for you, Kayla. Gary Griffith made a call to bring back the bill, bill. How effective do you think this will be in crime prevention, especially with regards to women? how effective do you think this bill that will be incorporated an into law will be?
0: Okay. Um. Honestly, I I I don't know. I I I would say the safest thing is to keep people in jail. I I I don't I don't know. I feel like bail is a way out and even if a lot of these men who supposedly can't afford bail because of their um you know, low income backgrounds they are involved in high-income criminal activities and have people that can wire, transfer, all of these things, you know, um, bail to their accounts. And they could get out, you know. It, it is safer for them to, I don't want to say eradicate bail, but like I was talking about the non-bailable offences, make particular heinous crimes um, non-bailable. And in that way, we will be able to, to you know, differentiate who deserves to stay and interact with um, society and who doesn't. Because if you just do a petty crime and you steal something from a shop, I don't think you are a big threat to the fate of a whole gender, to the fate of human race and to humanity itself. But if you have committed 70 charges, as the main suspect in Andrea mur- Andrea's murder has, what are you doing Even if there's lack of evidence, what are you doing um, on the streets? And another thing, Priya, I was talking to um, someone and I mentioned how, yes, he has 70 charges. Um, I I heard that there wasn't enough evidence um, to support the allegations made against him for some of the charges. And, um, you know, I think there needs to be a limit if a particular number of women and this is why the me too movement is so important if a particular number of women come and they say you know what um you know he did this to me he did this to me he did this to me etc then i think there needs to be a limit to the point where they say okay um even though there's not enough evidence um the, the people's truths and their stories are evidence going to be counted as evidence in this particular um situation because of the overwhelming responses and we're going to keep you in jail what do you think about that solution?
1: I completely agree with you mm. because basically indictable offenses like murder, rape abuse, keep them in jail don't let them out and Something that um, in my sociology class, my teacher was telling us about the process of recidivism, and this is where people keep going back to jail all the time because they keep repeating the same offenses. Mm. So basically, if they go in jail for it when they come out, they commit rape again, and then they go in jail again. So it's like a never-ending cycle. And he said that this occurs because we were doing the interactionist theory, and they tend to focus on how labels affect people. So, basically, the justification for recidivism is that these persons are labeled, if they are labeled to be a rapist, a child molester, a murderer, eventually, they will do a self self fulfilling pro- prophecy where they live up to the label because that's the easiest way to identify themselves. Well, you label me as this, so I will just keep doing this because this is what I am. And mm. that has become the reality because look at this man who's the number one suspect. Yeah. He committed so much rapes for he's done so much more other heinous crimes, so keep mm. him in jail because it will just keep going on as a cycle. Yeah. He's not going to learn from his experience in jail because if he was going to the first time he went to jail and he came out, he would not have done it again. So keep him
0: permanently. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, that what you said, you know, you're in jail multiple times. Um, so your common face, police officers know you, um, magistrates know you. And you are still able to walk the streets. That is that is just that is just. I mean, yes, everybody serves their time, but um, we know there is going to be a next time. And once once police officers are aware that you know this person does not care and will continue to engage in illegal activity, then there should be a limit to the amount of chances you can get to, to go back outside, and or just keep them in jail. Period. After the second strike, I. I I I think that is that should be a, mm-hmm Definitely. And I mean we touched on a lot of things today. Um yeah, I have mm-hmm.
1: one last question for you
0: before wrap
1: up. Mm-hmm. Seeing as we both want to enter into the field of law mm-hmm. and one of my teachers asked me about this because um we were, we, were, we were very close, and when this situation happened, they messed with me and um, kept telling me, well, you know, please be careful, school's opening on Monday, you know. Oh, yeah. Keep con- in contact with your parents and um, stuff like that. And they know that I want to work in the field of law. So as a fellow woman who wants to work in the field of law, like, how do you feel about this? Because for me, I was scared, but at the same time, I felt motivated to go into the field of law because as we know it's not a female dominated field it's dominated by men Hmm. how do you feel
0: um i would say i lost a little bit of faith in the justice system i there are not enough female judges female magistrates and i It does motivate me to an extent, but I also lost a lot of faith because, like you said, it's a male-dominated era. So you start to question yourself, like, what can I do in in a room surrounded by men, in a courtroom surrounded by men? What am I going to be able to do? How am I going to present myself and be taken seriously? And, you know, you even... Even in jobs, because a lot of the jobs that we have here in Trinidad are male-dominated. Um, but away from the, the situation of being in a male-dominated job, you're in a male-dominated society. And, you, you know, separating the female from the lawyer is going to be the same battles that you're gonna be you're going to have to fight twice, if you understand what I'm saying because you're gonna have to be fighting to be equal on the inside in the courtroom to be taken seriously um in even in classrooms and then you're gonna be then you're gonna be fighting as a woman separately on the sidelines just in everyday life going to the grocery store um walking from a car park all of these things you understand what i'm saying right yeah Mm -hmm. it is motivating I, I, w- I would say to an extent, but it's also scary. It really is scary going into this field where we have Andrea who was just doing her job. And especially, um, you know, those female, as, aspiring female lawyers who want to work in criminal law. I, I really, my heart goes out to them, um, you know. And even just human rights law, because we're dealing with a lot of things like immigration and um, stuff like that, you know. It, it It is a touchy subject, and I think there need to be more um, protective policies towards um, women throughout Trinidad, job-related, non-job-related, just need to um, create those policies. So to just recap, Priya, you have any closing statements before I recap? Um,
1: well, I'd just like to say that this conversation we had was very... Interesting. It was very educational. Uh, I learned a lot from you, mm-hmm. and I hope you took away something from my contributions as well. And I hope that our discussion had an impact on the listeners who would listen to this podcast, and they would take away, even if they don't take away everything, that something sticks with them, and they take away some sort of relevant information, and they help us to make a change.
0: Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Thank you so much, Priya, for joining me tonight. Um, I'm so glad that so many people were interested in our podcast, and I hope a lot of people continue to join us with our End Violence Against Women campaign with the young, um, with the Youth Humanitarian Foundation, and we, uh, um, there's going to be a series of events. There's going to be a calendar posted um in collaboration with a number of organizations such as caribbean feminists and um we're gonna work together we're gonna try to keep this um going we're gonna try to engage in this conversation daily weekly monthly yearly because you know we see a lot of hype um you know after after the death of someone or when someone has gone missing, and after a while it dies down, and that's the sad reality, that's the sad truth of it. You know, people lose, quote unquote, lose interest in these everyday battles. So we need to keep the conversation engaging, And um, just to recap on what we talked about tonight um, in episode one, Living or Surviving, we talked about harassment, catcalling, um, socialisation, the education system and its need for reform, Um, people defending catcalling as a part of Caribbean culture. Um, should we ignore men or answer men Will, they, will this lead to the same outcome And um, the need for safety weapons And should they be necessary The taxi system near schools And the failing justice system So once again I want to thank Priya And I want to thank everybody who's listening To this podcast and who made it to the end um, And I'm really looking forward To episode 2 where we hope to talk About the psychological effects Of harassment on women And we hope to be joined by someone a representative of the warriors for wellness um tt group and good night everyone thank you priya and good night bye <laughs> thank you for
1: having me good night
0: everybody bye okay